Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a formal? But that Why hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Happy New Year and welcome back to the show. I've missed you guys. That one week off felt like too much time. I hope you're all having a wonderful start to 2023. And I am so excited for this month because we have lots of amazing guests and episodes lined up for you, all focused on New Year's resolutions and becoming your best self and setting you up for success to actually make 2023 your best year. I know we all say that every year is going to be our year, but 2023 is the year we actually are going to make it happen. Okay. Today, we are starting off January with a bang. I mean, literally a bang. This is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I don't know if it was because manifestation is one of my favorite topics or because Roxy's energy is so calming and enjoyable or because it's New Year and I'm in this place where I feel so ready and excited to achieve my dream life. So it felt like this conversation came at such a good time. But this episode is really one of my favorites. I'm talking to Roxy Nafusi, who is a self-development coach, manifestation expert, and author of the Sunday Times bestseller, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. She was named by Forbes as the queen of manifesting and is beloved by celebs like Bella Hadid, Cara Delvine, and Ellie Goulding. She jokingly calls herself manifestation's PR team in this episode, but I think that's actually so true because she's actively dispelling all the myths and misinformation and actually helping people live their best lives. I'm sure right now you've seen a lot about manifestation. I personally go deep on manifestation TikTok, but this information is unlike anything you have heard before. I guarantee it. Roxy breaks down what manifestation actually is in a very concrete way that I thought was super helpful and explains why it's not woo-woo or something just for Gen Z, how it is a way of life based in science. She also talks about the importance of changing mindset and how exactly to change your mindset and then breaks down her seven steps so you will leave this episode with tangible actions that you can start doing today to become and achieve absolutely anything. I've done a lot of research on manifestation, and this was one of the most concrete and digestible ways that I've ever heard it explained. My goal with this interview is not to leave you more confused and overwhelmed. I think especially with manifestation, it can get very, very overwhelming, very confusing. But I wanted to give you graspable information and some easy action steps that genuinely will change your life, that you actually will walk away from this episode knowing this is exactly how I can get to where I want to be in my life, what I can do in this year to tangibly make these things happen for myself. And Roxy gives you exactly that. I'm obsessed with Roxy now. I know you will be too. So let's get into it all. 
please welcome Roxy Nafusi to the Evergirl podcast. And your Christmas tree looks stunning. Oh, thank you so much. You know, we got up ages ago because I've got a son who's three and a half. It's his first Christmas that he knows. So we just got up really early. Oh my gosh. I bet that that's the most fun time when he's like three and can start understanding what Christmas is. Oh my God. His chat is just so fun. I love him. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Does it, are you doing like the whole Santa thing? Yeah, we're into, I was actually, it's so funny because obviously I talked to him quite a lot. I tried to like say what I can about mindfulness and I can't remember what he was saying. What's this? I said, Daddy, I said, just take a minute, be present. And he goes, Santa. And I was like, no, I don't mean be present like that. Not present. (laughs) Be present. And I'm like, he's too young for this. Oh my God. That is so funny. That is the classic like three-year-old, like trying to wrap their brain around all these different. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. (laughs) I blame myself entirely for that. No, he's a lucky kid that he's going to grow up with that sense of mindfulness and awareness and thoughtfulness. So honestly, he's, I'm sure like once he gets it, once that (laughs) idea starts becoming a little more graspable, that that it'll be amazing for him. So that's so awesome. But your tree looks gorgeous and happy holidays. And and thank you so much for joining us. I know this is such a crazy time of year. So I I especially thank you. And you're joining us all the way from London, right? Yes. Yes. It's the evening here, but I'm so excited to be talking to you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for squeezing us in your evenings. I so appreciate it, Roxy. Okay. So I want to just go ahead and dive right in because I have so many things that I am dying to ask you selfishly. But first I want to give our audience a little context how did you discover manifestation? Like what was going on in your life that made you kind of get into the topic and want to change your life? So I guess, you know, like for a little bit of background, I am Iraqi. Both my parents are Iraqi. They're Muslim. I grew up in Oxford in the UK and really felt like such an outsider. Like there was really bad racism at the time. The Iraqi war broke out when I was at school I ended up changing my name from Rowan to Roxy. I really just was rejecting who I was from as long as I could remember. And that kind of self-loathing, unhappiness, really like loneliness really followed me throughout my life. And then when I got into my very early 20s, I found cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes and that became my escape. It was the first time I realized I had a way of not having to deal with the pain of being who I was. So very quickly, I like fell into addiction. And by the time I was 21, 22, I was already in NA meetings and it didn't work. And I ended up kind of in this battle of addiction for the next kind of seven, eight years. And, you know, paired with that, I had kind of one job early on and then just didn't work. I had no motivation, no self-worth. I was incredibly depressed. And I just thought that that's who I was. I thought it was just me. And in April 2018, I went on a yoga teacher training course because yoga had been one thing that I'd sustained throughout this time. It was like my safe space. And I was, of course, like, and anyone who will, who's battled with addiction will know, you go through many phases where you think, I'm going to get better. I'm going to change. I'm going to help myself. And so I thought at this point, I'm going to go into a yoga teacher training course and 
I'm going to change my life. And I'm so excited. And I felt really prepared. And I went over to Thailand and it was 200 hours of yoga, meditation, clean eating. And I thought, great, I'm going to go back. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. And I also thought I'll like, you know, do inspirational talks at the beginning because I did always have an affinity to kind of wanting to inspire others. So I got back and within 24 hours, I was taking drugs again. And I went on a 48 hour bender. So I didn't, I was kind of carried on straight. And at the end of that 48 hours, I woke up and I thought, there is no hope for me. Like, this is the lowest I could feel. I felt so full of shame, regret, and yeah, that sense of hopelessness that I think is so, it's such an awful feeling. And I'm sure there are people listening who have experienced it and you just feel like there's no way out. And I called my friend Sophia and I was like, what do I do? I'm just never going to find joy. And she said, hey, you know, I just listened to this podcast on manifesting. You should listen to it. And I was like, fuck it. I'll try anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I like really had no idea what manifesting was. And I listened to this podcast and I realized it was all about self-worth. And I was like, hmm, I have no self-worth. Obviously, I'm manifesting in the wrong direction. So I went home and I sort of, because I I was listening to it while I was having my nails done. I went home, I was sort of researching everything I could. The first thing I started doing was listening to affirmations, wrote a vision board. Two weeks later, someone called Wade messaged me on a dating app on the 7th of June, 2018. On the 7th of June, 2019, a year to the day that he messaged me, our baby boy Wolf was born. Wow. And three, four years on, I mean, my life could not be more different. Like everything I have achieved in such a short space of time is because of manifesting. Wow. That is such a powerful story. And I I love that you share that because I think it's so important for people to hear that you were able to change your life drastically. I think a lot of people that talk about, you know, kind of more inspirational speakers or people that talk about manifesting, you don't really hear their backstory. They might be coming from like, I was already somewhat successful and I just shot myself up even more so to my dreams and everything. But I think your story is so compelling because you show how powerful mindset really is, that it really, really is it changes everything in your life and it it affects absolutely every part of you. And your story is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing it because I really think it it helps so many people and it gives people hope that are sitting there feeling the way that you were feeling those years ago of I'm hopeless, I can't find joy to know that someone else has found not only a way out, but a way tenfold to this amazing life that they love and feel so much joy in is so, so powerful and, and so important to hear. What resources or practices did you use during that time to learn more about manifestation or just in general, like what did you use to be able to put yourself in that mindset to start changing your life when you were really struggling? Yeah, great question. I was almost like, I feel like I I would say I was like brainwashing myself. So I was reading books. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was obsessed and I still am obsessed with YouTube like motivational clips and videos, like five, 10 minutes. And I think when you open yourself up to like really like expanding your knowledge, you just want to be a sponge. You just want to take in as much as you can and loads of different perspectives. So I was listening to loads of different speakers. I wasn't kind of like finding one that I loved and only listening to that person. 
I was finding as many as I could, like TED Talks or whatever, because everybody was giving me this like nugget of information. And I think I, you know, you, when you pair that with being so desperate to change, it does just kind of go in in a different way because you're like, like you just want help. So I was listening to, to loads of different people talk and I realized that kind of manifesting was in so much self-development. It wasn't about this, there's like, and there's so many misconceptions about manifesting and ones that I definitely had at the beginning. And suddenly I realized, I was like, hey, this has been around for ages. For me, manifesting is like the umbrella of self-development, like all healing and self-development comes underneath the manifesting umbrella. And that's why I came up with my seven steps, my unique seven step guide to manifesting, which is the book, because I felt like, wow, this is such a full practice. It's a self-development practice. It's not a ritual. It's not something you do for like 20 minutes a day. It's not just about doing a meditation or journaling. Like it's, a, it's a way of living. Like I live and breathe my seven steps. But I wanted to figure out how could I translate everything I've learned and everything I'm understanding about this practice and put it in a really digestible way. And then my seven steps was born out of that. I love that. And we definitely are going to dive into your seven steps because they're so good. But I think that that's a really great tip is to almost become obsessed. Like I actually love that idea of like you are obsessed with becoming better with becoming your best with healing yourself that, that it's, you want to absorb everything all the time. And just kind of like most of us are sitting on our phones, scrolling through TikTok or on Instagram. And instead of doing that, we can also be following accounts like yours that has inspirational messages instead of looking at, you know, someone who might not be inspiring or might make us feel bad about ourselves. And it's just that, that difference of, I am obsessed with taking in all of this wonderful information that makes me feel good. I think that that's a, a really great tip is to like fill our time, fill our energy in all of these ways that are free, like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, finding those sources of inspiration. That's all self-help in general and improving yourself. So I, I love that. I think that's such a good tip. I know you already touched on it a little bit that it, it is a, a lifestyle. It is the way you live. It's not kind of this one, do this practice for 30 you know, minutes every day and you're good. But can you define what is manifestation? Because I know it gets so confused. So my definition is that manifesting is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. Yeah, that's my kind of definition. And as I say, it is a self-development practice. To me, it's about becoming so empowered in yourself that you make things happen. So to manifest is to make things happen, to make something happen. And it's about putting yourself really in the driving seat and, and taking responsibility for your life. I think that was like the biggest thing for me when I first discovered manifesting, I, just to know that I was in control of my happiness. It's both terrifying and really exciting at the same time. <laughs> and it's also really hard, like it can be a really hard pill to swallow in the beginning to be like, yeah. oh, wow, like it's down to me. <laughs> like I've been blaming, I had for sure been blaming everyone else for years. Like I was in such victim mentality and manifesting is all about putting you back in the driving seat, being the author of your own story. Yeah. It's like taking the power back, being responsible through the good and bad of whatever my life looks like. It's all on me. But I think that's so powerful. What are some misconceptions? Because I know manifestation is so buzzy right now. And the mm -hmm. kind of the common misconception I see is like, oh, it's visualization. You know, you picture your dream life and then it, the universe gives it to you. 
And I think that's not true. I think that's that's missing the point a little. So what are some misconceptions that you can clear up? Okay, I'm so glad you asked this. And honestly, I think manifesting is really getting a bad rep. And I genuinely feel like I am manifesting PR at this point, like trying to do damage (laughs) control because it's such a buzzword. And even I cringe when I hear people talking about it sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, no, it's in such the wrong context. And the way people use it, it's like part of their vocabulary in a way that that just makes no sense. And so then, of course, you're going to get more and more people being like, nah, I'm not, I don't believe this. Like, I don't believe this shit. (laughs) I get it. So (laughs) I really love this question. So the first misconception, like you mentioned, is that it's about visualization and that you can just like think really hard about something and do a meditation on it and put it on your vision board. And then you just kind of wait for it to come. And that's where people can get kind of like angry about manifesting. And they're like, no, it's so unhelpful for people to think of this, but that is unhelpful. And that's not what manifesting is about manifesting is not a passive experience. It's, it, it's an extremely proactive one. It's all about taking action, doing the work. And that really speaks to my step three, align your behavior. The other misconception is that it's um, like woo or fluffy or magical. And what I always say is that it's not magic, but it feels magical, right? There is no magic at play. It's because it really comes down to you making the changes within yourself. I mean, whenever I kind of talk about manifesting and I kind of lay it out, I'm like, it's actually so simple, like really. And it makes so much sense. There's nothing, it's really tangible. It's not something you're trying to figure out how it works. When you understand the full seven steps, it's obvious how it works and it's not magic, but the changes feel magical, which is the beauty of it because it feels fucking incredible when your life suddenly <laughs> like changes and you're like, wow. Yeah. The other misconception I think is just that it's for a certain demographic, whether people think it's just a really Gen Z thing or they think it's just for women or like for young people. And, you know, I really, really believe in this practice and in, in its power to positively affect everybody who practices it. And that means like it's ageless, it's genderless, it's for everybody. It's never too late to start manifesting. You know, I really like, I love when I get people messaging me like, hey, I'm 60 and oh my God, I really thought that was like, that I would never change my ways and I have like, this can benefit everyone. So it's not for a certain demographic and it is totally for men too. You know, I am loving seeing like, on the tube here, I spotted a, a guy reading the book the other day and I was like, yes, I love this. You know, we it's love so our manifesting cool. like, men. We love the manifesting men. I'm here. For <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, those are such an important ones. And I love that you touched on, on both of those. There's definitely a lot out there, especially on TikTok. I am deep on the manifestation TikTok. So there is a lot of that misconception. And like the one that I see all the time too is like, oh, I manifested my Chanel purse. And and it's like this idea of like that you're asking for something and the universe is giving you something, which I, I think is also, it's not taking that accountability. Like you talked about, it's not being responsible. It's like asking to receive something as if you, you know, could wish it like, like they're Santa Claus and you're asking for something instead of like, it's up to you to make it happen and that it's all coming from within you and that it's a a mindset shift first and then it's action based and and so I think that all of those are really really important and I totally hear you that it a lot of people see it as a very woo woo thing when in reality it, it is I totally agree with you it's a very 
not simple, but like if you break it down, it makes sense. Like it just makes logical sense. So I know you've said that that manifestation is a self-development practice backed by science. So for those skeptics out there that might still be thinking, sounds pretty woo-woo. It sounds like you're you know, asking the universe to receive things. Like, can you speak on, on that science of it or like, where does it seem logical to you? Like, what is that part of it that you can speak on? I think there's kind of two parts of it. The first part is that from like a neuroscience point of view, and I'm very good friends with Dr. Tara Swart, who's like written a a book called The Source, which is all about the neuroscience of manifesting. And she's amazing. And I love learning from her. But Basically, with visual rehearsals, when you are really focused on your goals and you do visually rehearse them a lot with visualization, what happens is the subconscious parts of your brain starts to prime itself to reach at that goal. So it will filter out unwanted information and seek out opportunity that is aligned with it. And so we know that that's happening. We know that you know the, uh, the subconscious parts of our brain accounts for 95% of our brain activity. So of course, if we're priming it towards something, it's going to shift. It's just like you know, if you want like a real life example of like, let's say you bought a new car, right? And suddenly you see that every other car on the road suddenly is your car. Your brain is very good at filtering out and then seeking out opportunities. And what might happen when you're manifesting and let's say you've been visualizing um, a dream job, okay? And you've like, been thinking about it a lot and you've focused on that goal. What will happen is that somebody might be having a conversation across the room, and your subconscious your brain picks up on it. It starts listening to it. It hears that conversation, which otherwise you may have missed. But it's not then that you hear it and you do nothing about it and you wait for something more to come. You hear it and you take action. <laughs> so our brain is always working for us. And, and, and on, on another point of view, we have this amazing thing called neuroplasticity, which is our brain's ability to form new neural pathways. And so although this isn't the kind of scientific proof about manifesting, it is an important element of the manifestation process, which is that we can rewire our neural pathways and our belief systems and how we feel about ourselves. And in doing so, in using that knowledge that we have in neuroplasticity, we can, of course, change how we feel about ourselves. And if we change how we feel about ourselves, we are going to change our life. And then the other element is really quantum physics. So, I mean, quantum physics tells us that everything in the universe is energy. So we know that. We know that what differentiates us from the chair or the sky above us is the frequency of the vibration and the density of the atoms. And thoughts and feelings also have different frequencies of vibration. So you get high vibrational frequency feelings and emotions such as um, love, peace, gratitude, and low vibrational feelings such as envy, anger, fear. And anecdotally, you will recognize that if you wake up in a bad mood, you're feeling angry, pissed off, you suddenly spill your coffee, you miss your train, like you start to attract things that match this low vibrational frequency. And that really feeds into the law of attraction. So for me, I think just this knowing that there is, we're priming our subconscious parts of our brain and also this really clear understanding, which we absolutely know for a fact is that everything is energy. So of course, if we shift the energy we are vibrating at, we will shift how we feel. There is so much more science to it, by the way. I am not the science nerd. <laughs> there is more. Dr. Joe Dispenza is the guy for you. Yes. If you want to know more about it, if any skeptics listening, but that's a very brief overview. I was going to say that was a really 
perfect explanation because it can feel so overwhelming to understand the quantum physics, the neuroscience behind it, but but you explained it so concretely and tangibly, I think. And, and for me, who I am not the science girl either, I think that you really made it make sense. So it's just changing the way that our brain is seeing useful information versus non-useful information and working from that place. I think that's really effective and very helpful. I know that you mentioned that self-worth piece of it a couple of times now, and I know that that was so huge for you in your journey to manifestation. Can you speak on why self-worth is so critical? Because again, another one of those misconceptions I think out there is a lot of people that are like, I hate my life and I don't feel good about myself. So I want to manifest because I don't like who I am, where I am. And I think that that's very much almost like you're manifesting in the wrong opposite direction, kind of like you said earlier. So why is self-worth such a key part of manifestation? Can I also just say another thing about kind of on this topic? Because another misconception, when you're talking about manifesting the Chanel bag, I was like, "Mm." this is the problem, I think, is that people think, can think that manifesting is very fickle, like that it's just about manifesting things. And it's not. The real gift of manifesting is about manifesting the best version of ourselves that exists. And it is about manifesting these feelings of like confidence, joy, contentment, and figuring out what in our life is actually going to bring us those things. And of course, self-worth really comes into that. So the kind of secret of manifesting is that we manifest what we subconsciously believe we are worthy of receiving. So if you are dreaming about the house that you want. And you're like, oh my gosh, like this is the house I want. But you don't really deep down believe you are worthy of it, of that sort of abundance. You won't attract it into your life. And I think that really simply explained, we are going to constantly self-sabotage what we don't believe we're worthy of receiving, right? It's just how we operate. The way we feel about ourselves, our self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence, it all affects how we experience and interpret the world around us. So it, it influences how we experience our relationships, how we receive information, what opportunities we seek and what action we actually take or what risks we're willing to take. It also um, influences how well we deal with challenges and obstacles, how willing we are to persevere, which is you know all about step four, overcome tests from the universe. So it really controls our narrative in such a magnificent way. And so we cannot really thrive to the fullest extent and move forward in our manifesting journeys until we heal ourselves and do the work. And I think that it's also the hardest thing to do. It's the most challenging part of the whole manifesting process because we've all built up decades of self-loathing. I am still very much on this journey. I commit all the time to healing my wounds, to looking back at, you know, I think when I actually first discovered all this work, I still wasn't really willing to look back. I was all about like forward momentum. It was only until I realized that until I looked at my past, I was never going to free myself to really enjoy my future as much as I could. So for me, this is the most significant journey you'll go on is this removal of fear and doubt, this healing, this inner work. It's ongoing. And within the healing process, you become magnetic. You open yourself up to a a whole new world, really, because of the way that you experience it and then what you attract because of that. 
That's so interesting. That's such an amazing description of it because, you know, I, I always talk about like with wellness, there's kind of like the the healing part and the growth part and very much like what we, we think of as like buzzy wellness is all growth focused. So we think of like, I want to get better and be better and get healthier and it's very much growth focused. But I love your description of it that that the healing is crucial for growth like that the healing the past self has to come first before you can work on growth to the next step so that is a really really fascinating description that I, I think a lot of people don't get to when they're thinking of manifestation is not just like what do I want for my future but how can I heal whatever's holding me back and, and that those mindsets and the inner child work so that's really fascinating and it makes sense like even, you know, looking at the kind of, okay, so you want this amazing, beautiful house. If you feel in your core, like you don't deserve that, then you're separating yourself immediately from that house. You're almost like energetically distancing yourself. Whereas if you feel like I am the kind of person who deserves that, and I'm going to manifest the version of myself that has that, then that's a totally different energetic frequency. What tips do you have for, I know, again, this is going to be a big question, but for someone out there who's thinking, you know, I I really don't have a lot of self-worth. I don't feel like I am the kind of person who deserves these things. Was there anything that really helped you in just improving your self-worth and kind of any tips for someone to start working on what they believe they deserve? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, but I think the first thing that I started doing was using affirmations. I started by falling asleep to affirmation playlists because I learned that your subconscious is most susceptible at three times of the day as you're falling asleep, as you're waking up, and when you're in a meditative state. So I figured, okay, the best time to listen to affirmations was as I was falling asleep. So just play it, fall asleep to it, and it will help to reprogram my subconscious beliefs because a belief is just a thought that's repeated so many times that it becomes so. So I started with that, and I just recommend it to everyone. It's the easiest. It's the easiest tool to use. So either fall asleep to an affirmation playlist. Again, you can find them on YouTube. I have loads on my website. But also saying them day to day. Remember, we can only have one thought at a time. So you always have the power to replace a thought. So if I'm kind of thinking, I'm doing something, my inner critic's going, oh my God, you're disgusting, you're no good. I literally pause and I'm like, I am enough. I've always been enough. The reason they're so powerful is because your subconscious can't differentiate a truth from a lie. So it will believe whatever you tell it. So if you say a mantra or an affirmation, even if you don't believe, if you don't consciously feel it's true, it doesn't matter. Your subconscious will take it as truth. So affirmations are just a really simple, powerful tool that you can use to get started. Like say one every morning when you wake up, put one on your bathroom mirror, put one as a screensaver, fall asleep to them, you know, just use them every day. Another thing that I felt was really like a really easy tip that I really like and I share it in the book, is um, it's all about like when someone gives you a compliment. Okay, so usually, and I, do, I don't know if it's the same for, for you guys in America, but like in the UK, if someone gives you a compliment, you will immediately be like, okay, so if, if someone goes, oh my gosh, you look so nice today. Pretty much all British people will go, no, I don't. I look like shit. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. For sure. For sure. And That's true here too. It's, it's also like so annoying for the person that gave the compliment because then they're like, no, you do look good. And then they think, oh my God, I wish I hadn't bothered. (laughs) We get all these opportunities throughout the day when someone gives us a compliment to actually like hear the compliment, take it in, take a pause and just say, thank you. 
it's like the simplest little shift and I think it's so powerful like I really really just love that technique and it's something I now do all the time so when someone gives me a comment instead of my immediate reaction which is to like deny it or put it away or you feel you know rejected is to actually just go thank you and it's so much nicer for both of you and it gives you the opportunity the other thing I think in terms of a starting point you know whenever anybody comes to me and they're really like feeling lost like the first two things I ask them to well three things actually that I ask them to look at is how they're fueling their body how much they're moving it and um things like self-care like general self-care I think that it's one of the first things that goes when you're suffering from like depression or any mental health issues is that we start like eating badly treating it you know whether that's out of self-sabotage or whatever it is We don't have the energy to exercise and move our bodies. But 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. And so, of course, the way we're fueling is going to impact how we feel. And it's not something people often associate with the manifesting process, right? They think they're separate things. They're not. The way that we eat, the way that we treat our bodies, they are a reflection of our self-worth. They affect how we feel and they give us the, the foundation to do the other work. And I've been saying this for years. And then I watched the Philip Stutz documentary, you know, by um, Jonah Hill on Netflix. And he said, Jonah says to him, you know, he says, what you, you eat and your exercise routines are really integral. It's the first place to start. And he says, how much does it account for of your healing process? He said, 85%. I was like, oh wow. my God, I was so happy to hear that because I've been saying this for so long and I love yeah. it being affirmed by someone smarter and more experienced <laughs> than me. So I was like, yeah. Netflix, yeah. <laughs> yes, but, but yeah, so absolutely, you know, I think it's really important to look at that as well and not, you know, it's re- we need to give ourselves that, that real foundation to work from. Yes, I love that. That's so fascinating. I think a lot of people look at those practices like eating healthier, exercising as almost like once I think I'm good enough, then I'll start start doing those. Like once totally, I think I'm so true. right, like it, it people are thinking it's starting with mindset first, which in most cases mindset is everything first. I think, but when it comes to those practices, people are like once I am fitter, once I am like someone in shape, then I'll go to the gym more. Instead of yeah, thinking yeah. like that, that it's the the action steps first, which is is very true for manifestation. I know of like action is everything. So to feel better about yourself, start with those action steps of what can you do to be subconsciously telling yourself what you are worthy of and what you deserve, what your body deserves. So I I think that's revolutionary, honestly, because so many people really do see it the opposite. So mm-hmm. knowing that it starts with the way you practice and that that's telling you inadvertently what you deserve Mm -hmm. is such a powerful place to start. What are some other like action steps for manifestation? I know you have these wonderful seven steps. I would love to walk through Mm -hmm. them. I know you, you go deep into them in your book and I want everyone to go read your book, but if you could give some brief overview on those action steps, because I think a lot of people are like, okay, I get manifestation, but like, what is that? Like, how do I actually do that? What does that really look like in practice? Mm. So I think the easiest way is to give this kind of brief overview of the steps. And it's because I think people do always ask me, they say, you know, what can I do? What's the first thing I can do? But it's really hard to, to answer that because it is such a full practice and it is 
they are kind of like you all the steps kind of feed into each other and you do them all together and there's so many things you can do and so it's like I would say like my first piece of advice is to read the book obviously but um I'll <laughs> give agree. it I'll give it like a, a brief rundown of the steps and some like some actionable things within them so the first is be clear in your vision so step one is to be clear in your vision and it's really all about not only looking at the things that you want to attract into your life but more importantly, who do you want to become? How do you want to feel about yourself within yourself, within your relationships, within your career space, whatever it is? And within that, we're really looking at the tools that you use within that step are vision boarding and visualization meditations. Those are kind of my two main things. The next step is remove fear and doubt. Obviously, I said before, the most important step of them all, um, we touched already on some of those kind of actionable steps around self-worth, healing. And I'd also say that like this is, you know, I really do encourage and support people looking for external help with this, you know, therapists, healers, coaches, whatever it is. This There's only so much you can do on your own. There is a lot you can do on your own. But there is also like you need people around you to talk to, to like help you unpack a lot of your own like baggage and pain. So don't do it alone. Like find people that can support you through that journey. Step three is align your behavior. So this is really about stepping into the character of your future self. It's about taking action, taking risk. It's about being the change that you want to create. Some of the ways that you can do this is to look at the habits that you commit to daily, your kind of like morning routines, your evening routines. That all speaks to how much value you place on yourself, how, how worthy you feel, um, and thinking about your future self, your best self, how does that version of you behave day to day and what behaviors can you start to implement from now? And also seeing how and where you can step outside your comfort zone. There's like a whole section on stepping outside your comfort zone. It's, it's in, we cannot create any kind of magic or change without this, without stepping outside your comfort zone. Step four is overcome tests from the universe. So this is, it's two things. The first side of it is about not settling. It's about not settling for less than you deserve. So my, you know, my easiest example with this is that you are manifesting your perfect partner. You've done your vision board. You've done your, you start healing that. You're like, you go on a date and you think, oh my God, this is the person. I've met them. I'm so excited. And then they start playing hot and cold with you. That is a clear test. And that asks you like, how worthy do you really think you are? Do you walk away or do you stay because you don't really believe you're worthy of it? And so you have an opportunity. Everyone listening has an opportunity to look in their lives where they are settling and also to look out for these tests, these tests of your self-worth. You might be settling in your job currently. You might be settling with yourself. You might be settling with your uh, relationships, friendships. You know, we all have a toxic friend that is like draining us. So this is really about looking at where, what in your life you need to let go of because letting go is like a really constant theme that runs throughout the manifestation process. But it's also about how you meet the step overcome test from the universe is also about how you meet challenges, how you show up when you are faced with rejection with you know obstacles and how easily and willing you are to be resilient to them and to overcome those those hurdles step five is embrace gratitude without caveats cultivating an attitude of gratitude is a kind of key and integral part of manifestation 
I say the manifesting sweet spot is knowing where you want to go whilst being entirely grateful for all that you already have. And, you know, manifesting is not just about more, more, more. It's also about making the most of the life that you currently are living. And there are so many gratitude practices you can do. Um, One of my favorites is the positivity journal, where every night before you go to sleep, you write down every single good thing that happened before bed. You can start this tonight after listening to this. Basically, you write down everything, like the sun was shining, my coffee smelled good, someone smiled at me on the way to work. I got an email from my boss that, you know, good feedback, whatever it is. What you realize is that every day is filled with beautiful moments that otherwise are going completely unmissed. When you do this exercise night after night, you start to retrain your brain and the subconscious parts of your brain to look out for the good, to focus its attention there. When you do that, your whole experience of the world totally changes. Gratitude is also has an extremely high vibrational frequency. So it's really putting you in that place where you will attract more abundance into your life. Step six is turn envy into inspiration. And that is really, you know, envy is something that we all experience, even though we don't want to admit it half the time. We don't admit that we feel jealous of somebody that we just watched a TikTok video of, like whatever, you know, but we do feel it. But envy is a really powerful tool for us. It can show us what we still what still needs healing and what we want more of in our life. Now, envy comes from this real like fear mindset and scarcity mindset. So it kind of says, if you have something, it's less for me. Inspiration, on the other hand, is the antithesis of that. It comes from an abundant mindset. There is enough for us all. So we always have this opportunity when we're seeing people that we feel envious of, or that we're getting sparks of that kind of jealousy. It's okay, what is this showing me? And what is a more inspired thought? So instead of saying, oh, I can't believe she's going on holiday again, I can't wait to experience a holiday again for myself. It's that really quick and easy shift that's constantly shifting us from that low vibrational feeling of envy into a high vibrational place of inspiration. And then step seven is trust in the universe. And that is all about surrender, letting go. It's not this desperate energy of like, when's it going to happen? When am I going to finally live my dreams? It's this knowing that when you do the work, when you commit, when you follow the rest of the steps, what you want will come for you. The universe is working for you. There is some energetic force at play here. And we do have the power to kind of have everything that we want. And I always say within this, like, and and it's another thing you can do today, look out for like coincidences or synchronicities and see them not as that, but as signs that the universe is, is working for us. You know, I love that when I'm thinking about someone and they call me or, you know, I'm thinking about, I get it all the time and I'm like, yes, there is something going on here. And it really strengthens that magnetic unwavering confidence that you know, everything is going to be okay. I'm obsessed with all of that. I love your seven steps <laughs> because it, it really breaks it down. So, like I said, tangibly, but also it, it kind of points out these mindsets that, that I don't think we look at a lot. Like the envy one is fascinating. Like the fact that, that envy mm. is something that we can look at and change to inspiration. Something I know you talk a lot about on Instagram and your book, but something that I, that has helped me so much is every time I feel jealousy, like even if, you know, it's someone on Instagram that is doing something awesome and we're like on a cool vacation, exactly like you said, instead of like, oh, I, that's, I wish I had that because that's kind of separating me from that experience. Instead, it's like, oh, that's mm. what I meant for. Like why I feel this is because I can have that because I meant for that because that's what my future is like. Like, And I think that 
it totally does change. Like again, going back to that self-worth, it kind of, instead of thinking like, I don't deserve that, I don't have that. It's changing your mindset too. I do deserve that. I will have that. And I think that that Mm. is so powerful. And I love that it's, it's using what we're jealous of as kind of like a a reflection of what we can get and and will get. So I think that's so powerful. I love the gratitude piece of it. I think talk about misconceptions. I think that's another one that people forget about is that, you know, manifestation is so often thought of like, as here's a list of things that I want and don't have. When in reality, there's a huge piece of it that has to be like acknowledging and feeling happy for and grateful for what you do have. And that's totally something that I think is often overlooked. So I love that that's such a a key part of what you do. I know you mentioned like that high vibrational frequency, that gratitude is a high vibrational frequency. Can you talk about what are those high and low vibration emotions? You know, what are they and why is it important to get out of those low vibration emotions? I know you talked about uh, gratitude being a high vibration one, but are there some that are like low vibration we should kind of avoid? What are the ones that we want to stay in like gratitude and kind of like what that means, like a brief overview on that, like for anyone who's like, what the hell is a high vibration emotion? So when I was talking earlier about the science and quantum physics, what I mentioned was this, that everything is energy and that what differentiates us is this vibrational frequency and thoughts and feelings have different vibrational frequencies as well. So it is the law of attraction that tells us that like attracts like. And as I kind of touched on quickly is that before was that if we're in this low vibe, we're waking up kind of angry on the bat, wrong side of the bed, we, we start to attract these things to us. So we, we all know, and we also all know that when we're in a really good mood, suddenly like, you know, the traffic lights are all green as we're driving down. Like it's one of those things, right? So we, true. We, we kind of all know, we've experienced it. The low vibrational frequency emotions are those such as like anger, fear, resentment, bitterness, it's also another reason why healing is so important. There's so much that we end up holding on to, right? Like we hold on to the past in such a like toxic way, whether that's through self-judgment or, you know, anger towards someone else. And that's why, you know, when I said letting go is such a big part of this, because it really is about letting go of all those kind of low vibrational feelings and emotions that have become stuck within us throughout the years and being able to just like, free ourselves of them and that kind of frequency. On the other hand, things like joy, that's why like play is so important. Like as adults, we don't really play. We forget to like indulge in like little moments of joy. And again, when we're doing these kind of gratitude practices, what it's also doing is allowing us to indulge in like the ordinary pleasures of life. That is a joyful feeling. And that's also high vibrational love, you know, like feeling love, love for yourself, love for other people, love for the things around you, love for the things that you experience, you know, acceptance is, is, has a high vibration for you, that feeling of like acceptance, contentment, peace, fulfillment. Um, and that's the kind of life we're trying to create. And by the way, we're not trying to create a perfect life. There is no such thing. You don't learn to manifest and everything is perfect, but you are much more able to deal with when you have low vibrational frequency emotions when those feelings come up you're so much more able to let them go to process them and to move yourself into that higher place and I think it's really important to to say that because I get people saying to me oh my gosh I was so down and I was like in a really bad mood I'm worried I'm fucking up my manifesting process and I'm like 
it doesn't work like that. Like we're humans. We all have days we don't feel good. It's about how quickly we're able to recover from them. That's what matters. I think probably a lot of people throw the argument out of like toxic productivity and ignoring your feelings and suppressing feelings and, you know, kind of pretending like everything's rainbows and butterflies when that is the opposite of it. It it totally is being rooted and feeling the feelings and going through hard things, but having tools to be able to actually move through them instead of kind of letting them affect every other part of your life, letting them affect your future. So I, I think that's really important for people to hear because that's, again, I feel like this whole episode is just like common misconceptions that we're clearing up, but but there yes. are so many out there. So I, I love that. I think that's really, really important. I would love to break down kind of tips and action steps into kind of a few different categories based on common things that people want to manifest. So I would love to know what you have to say, like, you know, first one, if someone wants to manifest a better career or more money, how would you recommend someone manifesting that? What does that process look like? Firstly, the seven steps apply to anything, right? Anything. And so, of course, at the very first step for a career, you're going to be looking at getting real clarity on like the exact salary that you want, the job title, how you want to feel within that job, like how you want to feel about yourself within the work, how, what relationships you want to have at work, really having like a really full and clear picture of that, adding that to your vision board, doing visualization meditations, and then working on any triggers that you have around that or any feelings of self-worth that you're struggling with within that specific area. Um, You might use specific career affirmations every night, especially with that one with career. I think imposter syndrome is a big one. So it's really like how battling with that and understanding how we overcome that. And then aligning your behavior is like putting yourself out there. Like if you're looking, if it's a promotion you want, making sure that you're speaking out in team meetings, making sure that you're putting yourself forward. If you're looking for a new job, reaching out, risking rejection, like going for it, keeping your eyes open, telling people that you're looking for this job, for a new job and what the job is and putting it out there, seeing who knows someone, you know, making sure you're being proactive in your search and that you're kind of almost readying yourself for the position. Step four, overcoming tests from the universe is making sure that you're not just taking the first offer that comes to you if it really is nothing to do with what you want. If you know that that is not the job you're after, not saying yes, but I know that that's really difficult for a lot of people, you know, and saying no is hard. It's a practice. Step six, embracing gratitude is also, you know, just generally would be like cultivating gratitude for what you already have, the job you're already in, the experience that you've already had, the lessons that you've learned, how it's shaped you, making sure that you're looking to be inspired by people. This would be step six, looking for people that already inspire you in that field, people who have, who have gone into that career path, really seeking out that inspiration and then having, of course, that trust and surrender. So within anything, you can go through those seven steps really simply for yourself with anything that you want. Um, and that's why it's, this is why they, they work so well. I think that's why the seven steps are obviously so powerful is because they totally can be any goal, anything you want, any category of your life, they can be applied. But I love hearing it broken down like that because there were so many things you just said that I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a good way to apply that. Oh, that's a good idea. That's really, really interesting. I know you gave a lot of good examples previously about love life too, and kind of how 
self-worth plays into that, kind of having those not settling plays into that. So I, I think you've given a lot of good examples in that category as well. What about manifesting health? Like whether it's, you know, weight loss, healing symptoms, kind of wanting a healthier body overall. Is there any way that you recommend applying those principles to manifesting when it comes to health? So I think that honestly, because I think health is such a personal subject and because I never know who's listening and what is really going on, I don't feel like I have an authority to speak on this subject because I would never want to encourage anyone away from Western medicine or feel that I was giving bad advice. It's really important to me that people do what's right for them and they also listen to their doctors. I do believe on a personal level that our mindset and the way that we feel can shift things physically, that we can change our physiology. I think that we can manifest health, but I recommend going to someone like Dr. Joe Dispenza to find out more about that. He is incredible. He's done so much research. He is a scientist. He knows and it's not something that I feel like I am really happy to know when they're like there's someone better than me to cover that <laughs> subject. <laughs> I love that answer. And it's so true. Dr. Joe Dispenza has so many interesting examples of all mm. these principles with health specifically. So that's a great resource to point yeah. people to. I selfishly, Roxy, want to know yeah. about your wellness rituals, how you show up as your highest self, mm even in those little ways every single day, those things you do, either whether they're like routines or ways you recharge or maybe like even how you structure your day. What are those little things that help you manifest your dream life? Because I am ready to copy anything and everything you do. <laughs> so I, I want all the details. Um, I always start my morning with affirmations. I'm like saying a match to myself like five times as soon as I wake up. Like I'm so excited for the day ahead. You know, I uh, I love the person I am becoming. I love the person that I am. I always start with affirmations. I move my body every morning, even if it's like, I'm really just into my 10 minute stretch at the moment. Like I'm so busy and it's kind of lead up to Christmas. I'm just like, look, I'm going to be honest. I've not got time for an hour of Pilates. <laughs> A 10 minute stretch will do me, but it's got to move my body. And having that like really mindful morning. So like even like a cup of coffee, there's part, like that is still mindful for me. And that's still like a self-loving ritual. I'm really good with like, I guess my supplements. I don't eat refined sugar, you know, those kind of things just because I like to like look after just generally my mood as well as, as my body. I always fall asleep to a visualization meditation. So I've changed from this falling asleep to affirmations because I now say them to myself so often, but I always fall asleep to visualization meditations. I use YouTube. I just love it. And I have a few saved on my downloads that I can still put my phone on airplane mode. And I think my biggest thing is like day to day, I'm a very, I really do try to like, show up at the best version of myself, no matter what I'm doing. So like if I'm working out, if I'm doing my emails, if I'm on a podcast, if I'm writing my next book, whatever it is, I really just try to give it 100%. Um, that is just like part of my manifesting process to just like do it fearlessly. And at the same time, I'm constantly healing myself. I'm constantly like, I've just started dating and like, Hey, that is triggering. Like a lot comes up, right? I bet. I feel I like bet. I reverted to being 15. And it's, 
it's really amazing to do it with self-awareness. It's such an incredible experience and it's, it gives you so much room for growth. So I'm always like up for like finding out how I can be a better person, how I can heal, being self-reflective, being self-aware. All of that for me is wellness. Like wellness to me is like this constant evolution and growth to bettering yourself. And that comes into all areas of my life. I love that. I love that. It's so true. It's so much more than just like morning routine and nighttime routine. It's like every yeah. single little moment. What are you doing? What are you thinking? So I love that. I have two questions based off of that. First one, those visualization kind of meditations that you do falling asleep. I know you have a couple of favorites. Do you remember like the titles of them or is there something that you recommend like searching on YouTube for someone to find similar ones that you like? Yeah, I just type in like 10 minute visualization meditation or 15 minute visualization and listen to a few because you need to find a voice that you like. I also have a few on my website, but obviously I would never listen it to myself. Yeah. But um, I just call it, they're, they're called the manifesting meditations. There's loads of different ones. So there's those as well, which you can download onto your phone. But yeah, find find a voice that you like because you don't want one that annoys you. <laughs> like we all know there's like cringe voices that we can't stand on YouTube. Totally. You're and like, there's ones that we off. love. Yeah. And it's personal to all of us. So. It's so true. I know it's so true. I, I have been very excited to listen to yours because I think you have a very soothing voice. So oh, I'm very excited you. to go listen to them. But I get that you're like, I can't listen to myself when I'm meditating. I <laughs> because when I brought out the audio book, I mean, I really, I recorded my own and I, I didn't think that anybody really listened to it. And I was so shocked because, you know, everybody hates their own voice. Oh yeah. And people would be like, oh my God, I love listening to your audiobook and your voice. And I was like, oh my God, cringe. But then it's like, it's so weird when people say that, but hopefully it is soothing. So I thought the meditations would help. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you being on a podcast. I'm like, how can anyone listen to my voice? I'm like screeching <laughs> half the time. So I, I get it. It's weird listening to your own voice, no matter what. Um, but those are our amazing tips. And then, so I'm, I'm very interested in what you've learned now that you are kind of back in dating and you're practicing all of these self-growth that you've done over years and you're putting that into dating. Is there anything that you've learned about either yourself or dating as you're back into the process? Just really aware of like a tendency to self-sabotage where self-worth comes in, but also like how much quicker you are when you have this self-reflection, self-awareness and this like real clarity on what you're looking for, it's so much easier to be like, oh yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Like it's not right for me. I'm going to take the value of it. There's like so much like to be, to so much, every person you meet teaches you something about yourself, but also to be able to go like, hey, I learned loads. This isn't what I'm looking for. That's cool. And not make it about ego or about like just trying to keep a connection for no reason or to to feed that ego, but to actually just be like, hey, you know what? This is an energy output that I don't need. It's really amazing. Wow. Like it feels really empowering. It's so powerful. You still get that dating anxiety. I'm not going to lie. Like it's still there, but... <laughs> I mean, who does it? Like you deal with it way better. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that that it's... You still get it. I think that's what I, I wanted people to hear is that you still experience dating anxiety, but it's what you do about it. It's like how you approach it, that you can confront it with compassion for yourself, that you can be interested in it and, you know, excited to grow from it instead of like, okay, I'm just going to avoid this altogether. Um, so I, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And and again, kind of full circle back to the the very first topic we talked about of 
it's all in your control. Like every single thing is your responsibility. It's all on you, how your life is. So I I think that's a, a very important message. I would love to wrap up with a couple rapid fire questions, if that's good with you. So first one, what is your New Year's resolution or your overall goal for 2023? Oh, I have so many. Do you? Honestly, my vision, I do my vision board every New Year's Eve and I am getting, I'm already excited. Are you? I'm so excited. I have so many things that I'm going to put on there. So many things I want to do. And yeah, it's, it would be hard to even name one because I'm, I, I, like, love your I can't give anything away yet. Yeah, like, I know. I'm yeah. like, Keep it all to yourself. Everything I put on my vision board comes to fruition. Like everything. It's wild. So I get so excited because I'm like, oh my God, whatever I put down, it's going to happen. So I've got to be really careful. Okay. I need a little, I was going to ask you that too. I need like, I know you really go in depth in your book, um, but so your vision board, can you give me some details of like, what's your process? How do you do it? What does that look like for you? Mine is so basic. Like, love it. Considering I literally talk about manifesting for my whole job, it is the most basic vision board. I have an A4 piece of card and I put the date at the top, and then I put some categories, and then I write bullet points in my really terrible handwriting. Wow. That is it. I don't do pictures, I don't do cutouts, I don't do anything. It's just really detailed, specific bullet points of absolutely everything I want to happen. I love that. And do you put the that it is or like you're looking ahead for like all of 2023. Yeah. So I put like 2023 vision board. I'll put. Oh my God. I'm going to do that now. I want to start that for New Year's Eve too. I'm you're, you're really inspiring me. I love that so much. (laughs) Next question. What is your coffee order? Soya latte. Love. And I miss the you. I'm coming back to New York and Jan. You guys do the best coffee. You think? Oh my God, I'm obsessed. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if it's like just sweeter, but the Starbucks over there is a thousand times better than here. Really? And also it's the only place that it opens at 5 a.m., which when I'm That's always true. jet lagged, when I come over to you guys at four, I'm awake, like, and at five, I'm in the door. I'm like, You're yes, ready for God bless Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. Interesting. I always think we do, you know, coffee worse than anywhere in Europe. So that's good to know. I love it. Oh, maybe because it's just so sweet and trashy. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I know like I lived in France for six years and, and what they call it, they called it like soap water. I forget what the, the French translation was, but that's what they called American Starbucks. So anyway, we don't want to get the, the coffee snobs on us, um, but that's oh my so God, They'll funny. come at us. <laughs> they'll yeah. come for us for sure. That's so funny. Okay. Your favorite book. Hmm. God, there's so many. One of them is um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Another one is Ikigai um, by Hector Garcia and someone else. I can't remember the name. There's so many. The Four Agreements. Loads. Oh, my God. I Do you have like a place on your website where you have book re- recommendations or do you share on your Instagram? Because I feel like you have so many good ones. Yeah, I, I will do an Instagram post. You, you've inspired me. I'll do one this week. My <laughs> okay, top book amazing. recommendation. I will bookmark it because I need thank all you. of your recs. All of your recs. <laughs> Roxy, thank you so much. This literally has been one of my favorite conversations I've ever had oh. because you are so fascinating. You break everything down so tangibly. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Let us know where everyone can find you. You obviously have that amazing book. Where can people get that? I know you have a book coming out too. So give us all the details yes. on where people can get more Roxy. So it manifests seven steps to living your best life. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think it's 
Target, Walmart. Um, and you can find me at Roxina Fusi on Instagram. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 